y'all. You are listening to the Palsies with Palsies podcast, the first of the new year. And I am the Palsy Rebecca Mitz. And I'm the Palsy Justin Hancock. Woo, 2022. Well, not too much enthusiasm, Justin. We don't want to get our hopes up. <laughs> or as I am, speaking of meme culture, which is going to relate it almost directly to what we're discussing today, or as I saw it last week on a meme, 2022. (laughs) Yes. The hope hope you have for the year is directly correlated to what uh, syllable you choose. Does it end in a question? (laughs) We pray? Yes. Well, it is good to be back. The holidays are behind us for the most part. And I never let it be said that I don't respond to trends and I'm not right on it. Oh, You're so <laughs> hip. You're so with it. You know, that when people think of me, the... Second or third word they come up with is cutting edge. I won't mention what the first two is. It's it's too early to go for the explicit tag. (laughs) But uh, in an effort to be where the cool kids are, what the youngins are talking about right now, we're going to talk about TikTok. Woo! Uh, I have potentially convinced Justin to finally join us in TikTok hell. Um, (laughs) But uh, he has not made one yet. So this discussion may tip the scales on whether or not he actually gets one. Yes, I am. I am probably going to download the app, not just because of this conversation, but because I am tired of doing those weird, either what is a traffic light test or puzzle piece (laughs) test when I want to look at TikTok. So it's time to just get the app and bite the bullet. And no lying, um, a lot of folks that I follow in the pop culture world and the disability world are on TikTok. So uh, as much as it pains me, (laughs) I think it's time. Yeah. Okay, it's okay, old man. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll wheel you in there right as the right as a new app comes out. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the the folks over at uh, Bike Dance or whatever the parent company of TikTok is mm-hmm. called should really be worried because I jump on trends about the time they just you need a stake driven through that particular <laughs> art. Yes, Justin uh, is a herald as a herald of doom for various popular trends. I was literally. It's funny where we we made the decision to make this the focus of the show today because I was in bed scrolling through YouTube because I'm 130 years old and still use YouTube. Um, and I remember, I thought back to a time there was a time in college when someone would come into the dorm room and say, have you seen the new YouTube? And I had no idea what YouTube was. So (laughs) 
all of these things that become ubiquitous at some point have to start somewhere. So it's kind of ironic that we're here today and I was having those thoughts as I was winding down for the evening last night. It's just funny how that works. But <clears throat> So we're going to talk about specifically disability and um, sort of what draws us to YouTube in our own, I mean, sorry, I see I did it again, <laughs> TikTok in our own community and communal space, but I'm just generally interested, Becca, what, what is it about TikTok that has sucked you in and makes you interested? That has its vice grip around my neck? Um, well, okay. I'll start with the cons and then I'll go with the pros. So we'll, so I'll lead into the good things. I think the con about TikTok is that it does the thing that all social media is striving for, unfortunately, which is the doom scroll, right? Yeah. That you can scroll forever on TikTok. I don't think there's an end. Like you just are, it just keeps sending you videos and the ones that you watch all the way through and interact with, either you comment or you like or you favorite, TikTok remembers the type of video that was and then will show you more videos like it. So you'll want to keep scrolling forever. And so you'll just be on TikTok and you'll look up and you're like, two hours have gone by. Um, and so that... Uh, that is a problem, and it's something I'm trying to adjust in my life. <laughs> um, it also has, there's different sides of TikTok. Because of the way that the algorithm hones in on you as a person in a frightening way, <laughs> um, you'll have different groups of people are on, like, they'll call it different sides of TikTok. Like, as a queer woman who is, like, into D&D and cosplay and Lord of the Rings and um, disability advocacy or and like parenting stuff, I get shown this super weird specific set of videos. I get shown videos that are like about queer people, that are about advocacy, whether for the LGBTQ community, for the disability community, for uh, the Black community, for like Native community. Um, I get shown stuff about D&D. I get shown <laughs> stuff about mental illness like it's super specific uh -huh. so the but the videos that i'm seeing are not necessarily the videos that my sister is seeing she's getting a lot of like avengers <laughs> povs where it's like <laughs> bucky flirting with you or whatever <laughs> she's seeing like some parenting stuff she's seeing like stuff about psych she's seeing stuff about you know she's seeing a whole other set of videos that uh -huh. i'm not seeing like she's seeing straight stuff and i'm not getting any straight shit at all like there's <laughs> like none of it so i don't know what goes on with straight tiktok i don't know um and that is can be a positive but the negative then is that it, it is very like kind of it ends up being very segregated right so everybody kind of sticks to their own thing sure um i 
probably the last negative thing that I'll say about TikTok that's not super nuanced, I guess. But like, um, I think it does have parts where people will start young people, like teenagers, will start trends that are for like body checking, um, which is like, uh, like they're trying to compare their bodies to other people in the way that teenagers and most people end up doing. Like uh-huh. they're trying to say like, do this thing so you your hips move in time with the music or whatever. But what that actually is doing is like showing off that they're thin. And so then if somebody does it that's not that body type, they'll get people in the comments that are being really mean to them. Sure. Um, there's body positivity on TikTok, but there's also, it's also still the internet. So you have people that just say shit. So there is a lot of some people, if you're not, and I'm not on that side of TikTok because it's my vibe, but that does happen. There's like pockets of a lot of toxic kind of not kind people and trends. So I have a follow-up before we go to your your positive list. Um, Do you think... um, how do I put this? Because it, it occurs to me that what you said, the um, tribalizing that goes mm. on, particularly on TikTok, because it is so, they figured it out. Yeah. Whatever Facebook is trying to do, whatever YouTube is trying to do, the same reason I can find myself watching 55 pitch meeting videos in a row for six yeah. hours. Um, and that TikTok has done it in the most, in the purest form I think we have available to us. And it, it occurs to me that in certain senses, that's the point and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So I guess my yeah. question is, how thin is the line between that being the point and not necessarily a bad thing and that being a horrible, like, precursor to Armageddon and no one is talking to anybody? Um, I think that line depends on what happens when a queer video that is super focused in on, like, the, a nuanced queer take somehow shifts through getting enough views or whatever shifting to onto like straight tiktok because when that happens the comments change how people interact with that video change because now straight people are watching it and they don't get it or their latent homophobic uh, thoughts are now coming out on this video of this person who was just trying to communicate with their community and now suddenly it's the so I think like it's one of those things where it can feel like a really safe space until suddenly you are unintentionally shifted out of it and put somewhere because the algorithm has said you're getting enough views let's spread the message (laughs) but there's no safety precautions for these people that like trans men and women on this app get can outside of their community get viciously in comment sections attacked 
Sure. I have also seen um, people who have disabilities get some really awful things written. <laughs> like, and, you know, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, she, and also to a certain degree, it's like, this, this woman just made like a funny thing about dyeing her hair. It had nothing to, and Neil, I mean, we've talked about this before. It like had nothing to do with the fact that she's in a wheelchair at all. It had everything to do with her being like, my hair is the color I didn't think it was going to be or whatever. Yeah. And now suddenly they're saying something and it's like, so. I want to put a pin in that region because that's kind of where I would like to spend the 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 bulk of the back half of the show. But Mm -hmm. let's go to your pro list. If I if I if I'm about to know the app as it appears I am, tell me why why the hell am I entering this particular version of hell to use the joke yeah. that we've ran with? Because there is a wealth of creativity that get that people have that gets shown on TikTok in a variety of different ways. And because it's free and because you can interact with whatever community you want to be a part of, if it's cosplay, if it's art, if it's animation, if it's disability, if it's queerness, if it's transness, if it's whatever, whatever parenting crafts, you can like really hone in on it. And then you can be inspired by what other people are doing because they're posting what they're creating, whether it's, sketches of like like comedy sketches whether it's songs whether it's music whether it's art or costumes it's crazy like you get to like be kind of endowed in in these people people's creativity and be inspired to do your own thing um it's i mean it really is incredible um and it and because of the nature of TikTok, you'll have trends that will come through or memes. Yeah. Like, um, like someone just recently took, you know, that song, Apple Bottom Jeans with the boots and the fur. Yeah. Someone took that song and recorded and sang it like they were the Beach Boys. She's got the apple bottom jeans with the boots and like, and it's got the music. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> like it's so good. <laughs> and there's nowhere else that I know that you could get that. That someone was just like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to throw it on TikTok, and everybody's losing their mind over it. Um, you can get, and this is kind of the beauty of it, that before the algorithm entirely figures you out, you're shown a lot of different things so the algorithm can figure you out, right? Um, And you can, if you let yourself, see several different perspectives because you have people on there that are doing like slice of lice, kind of just talking about what they're, they're going through, talking about advocacy, just talking about, different jokes that they have or whatever, um, different traditions in their faiths or cultures. And you can really broaden your horizons if you let yourself explore. 
yeah that space and i mean like and you learn different things and you can figure out like oh i don't have to let myself have an echo chamber you can't i mean in in a way of like i'm not putting myself in an unsafe space but i am instead opening myself up to um other cultures and minority groups and religions and stuff like that um uh, okay yeah uh and that's fun like i have really enjoyed that and that's um and seeing the what is that called justin it's not crossover intersectionality yeah of people um like for example um there's a woman i follow and um she's a disability advocate her name is uh imari but her her name is crutches and spice which i think is cute um but she's also um she's a black woman and she has a disability and so her take is different right than sure. like your take just it's in the same way your take is different than hers just because everyone's experience is different based in like the culture that you're raised in and um and so you just have kind of intersectionality that is really great well i think what drew um what drew me to TikTok in the first place is the fact that you and Amber, if we're going to get funny shit from you guys, it's going to be on TikTok. And it's so, like, in the context of our family life, the four of us, the two yeah. couples, in the context of our family life together in community, you guys know what's funny to us. Yeah. And TikTok allows you to narrow in on the exact, <laughs> yes. like, the thing mm-hmm. that is hilarious and not and in such a laser-focused way. And the thing that made me think of that was the British Bake Off clip from yeah. earlier in the year. And just that 12 seconds of proof saying that one phrase that just slayed the entire internet and you get that sort of concentrated right to yeah. the point humor mm-hmm. in a way that you don't I mean you can on YouTube and on Facebook but it's different. Well because uh, the the format of YouTube is it wants long it wants long form videos ultimately is what YouTube wants. But TikTok yeah. innately wants anything between like six seconds to three minutes. Three minutes is the max. Yeah. And so short form humor works best on TikTok. Bless, rest in peace, <laughs> Vine. Um, yeah. TikTok took what Vine was doing and refined it and has perfected it. But TikTok is doing that. And that's what works on what works on TikTok is not necessarily going to work on YouTube because YouTube is just not set up for that. It's set up for we want you to sit here for like minimum like two two to two minutes to like an hour and a half or whatever. Well, and I was part of what makes TikTok such a great space for advocacy and for for 
people with disabilities to, to live their lives is the sort of slice of life um, nature of TikTok and the woman dying for hair is a perfect example of that sort of thing and I think when understood well and when I mean people can do the person doing the video can do whatever she wants right I, I do get concerned with sort of this I use the uh, off air I use the word squishy nature of the the boundaries on TikTok because I've seen videos where I found out later the person had a disability but it took me a minute because it was just such a slice of life moment that if you didn't know what you were looking for you would miss it and just think they were being funny Mm -hmm. Uh, which you know is part of the point I'm not crapping on anyone's ability or uh, desire to be funny or not but uh, given the almost immediate feedback that someone can get Mm -hmm. after their video it does concern me that the, the boundaries are somewhat squishy as I said I think some of that there that has happened on YouTube for sure um, with parasocial relationships have you heard of these things I have not oh okay so a parasocial relationship is a relationship in which and that this kind of came about after when YouTube got big yeah so when you have people that post a lot on YouTube, especially if they are interacting with fans kind of to any degree, people who are watching them begin to create in their minds what the relationship they have with this person is. Yeah. And there is like, they'll start talking to them in a comment section or in messages maybe that they send them. Uh, that is not actually indicative of the actual relationship they have, which is a content creator and somebody that just watches them. Mm-hmm. They'll start writing to them as if they are friends, as if they are close, as if like, you know, and so there'll be things like, and that's where you get, or it's like, I didn't like, and they'll like go into really deep detail. Like, I didn't like this video because it hurt my feelings or what blah, 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 blah. Or I think this, this, and this. And it's like, This is a person that you don't know that is effectively a stranger Mm -hmm. and you are, and they're creating content to, for whatever reason, and they don't really owe you. They're not your friend. You're not like in a relationship with them beyond like fan and creator. Um, And on TikTok, I think that is, also, I think you're right, because on TikTok, it is this feeling of I can rapidly respond to this to you and you're giving me slice of life. You're giving me intimate is maybe not the right word, but like these short clips. And so I'm creating in my head what I think you're like mm-hmm. and what I perceive as you showing me this means we're closer than 
we are. Yeah, it it tends to remove nuance. Yes, in a way that is is interesting, and I'm not speaking uh, specifically TikTok. I'm speaking of more social media in general: YouTube, yeah. Facebook, TikTok, whatever. But I do think it is a it's particularly TikTok and to a lesser extent now YouTube um, is a, a great forum because it gives folks with conditions and disabilities a chance to express themselves mm-hmm. and show the lives they lead in a way that's particularly not was not possible mm-hmm. uh, 20, 15 years ago, not yeah. even not even 20 years ago, but 15 years ago, which, you know, I can't but be in favor of. I'm just, um, I've studied too much about the freak show and the way that mm. different embodiments were used not to automatically have my flag at least half raised and go, oh, all right, when I look into things like this. so. And I think that's the double-edged sword of it, because you have, on the one hand, the ability to show your life, interact, and post on a social media platform the way that all of basically most of your peers are doing Mm -hmm. and also being able to, you know, do whatever you want to do with it and people can see you. And if they have either a similar embodiment to you, or if they have not, but they see you for the first time of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you're just a person. (laughs) (laughs) which I mean, you know, we can, we've kind of talked about that, but like representation being important. um, And since Hollywood and Disney and other media things are the slowest moving forms of bringing representation forward. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think the other edge sword is you are also still going to have people who are just going to say crazy fucking shit. You can't just say that to somebody like say awful things in a comment section just because you have like an anime girl as your profile picture so nobody knows who you are yeah anonymity has emboldened people in a way that um very few things have when it comes to the internet i think we are giving people with diverse embodiment and diverse life experiences and an avenue into the cultural bloodstream, to use a bit of a strong phrase, but I can't find it is absolutely appropriate in a way that has not been possible mm-hmm. before. And my hope is that the folks that are on TikTok now at 15 and 16 and 20 and 25 are going to be so used to seeing 
mm. seeing different and uh, different embodiments and queerness of all stripes and uh, what have you that by the time they're 10 years from now and making decisions and shaping the world or five years from now, that the things that would have taken years to do now take months and days. Yeah. I, 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 and I say that knowing that that is, that is my optimism yeah. coming up and to 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 view something like TikTok or YouTube that way means you literally have to turn around and not look at the hellscape of a comment section going on behind you. Mm-hmm. But but I do think there is something to be said about uh, having embodiments and uh, lifestyles there in a way that wasn't possible. I want to say 20 years ago, but hell, 10 years ago. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I've also found about TikTok is it is a very broad, broadly, it's for a younger audience. I mean, like, for the most part, what who you're usually seeing are teenagers and 20-somethings, which we are not. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, are, there are older people on it, but it's that's the that's the demographic that it focuses on um but the people who are older who are in either disability community who are in the queer community that i follow they use it differently a lot of times they will use it tiktok as a way of education um because they can put in short blurps that people will pay attention to more likely than sitting for an hour long video. Yeah. yeah. But they can put in these, they're not really hot takes at this point, but they might feel like a hot take if you've never yeah. heard somebody, yeah. you know, talk about um, rights, <laughs> the rights of um, mm-hmm. different communities. Uh, and so that's what I have seen is, older people using it as like, oh, I know how to get you to pay attention and listen. And then maybe after a handful of my short one to three minute videos, you'll want to learn more and go seek out more things. Versus I think what happens with younger people is they're trying to use it the way their peers are and are not necessarily advocates. <laughs> They're just kind of trying to live their life and get pushed into a role where they have to deal with people who are saying dumb shit. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, we've been at this 30 or 40 minutes now, and we haven't even, we haven't even brushed by the concept of an influencer and mm. being famous for being alive and um, I mean that, yeah, that moves into some wild territory. I think. But ultimately, I, I one, I will give it a shot when terms of TikTok, because I think the work that the Julian Wayne does is important in the advocacy space and in the getting um, 
the message out there that folks with disabilities live diverse and satisfying lives. And, you know, if TikTok is where the kids are, as they <laughs> say, um, and anything that encourages me to be pithy and not long-winded can't be a complete bad idea. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just, I can't help but feeling this strange mixture of enthusiasm and ambivalence. Social media more broadly and, and things like TikTok and to a lesser extent YouTube more specifically. I also think, I think, you know, for our last little bit, I think for us who are older, who lived in that unique space of before internet, like I, it was about when I was about probably 10 or 12, I didn't really start getting onto like the internet until I was probably about 12, like maybe 11 or 12. So there was a 10 year period when that was not a part of my life. And then internet happened and it was like cassettes, CDs, iPods, like it was like boom, 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 boom. And um, I think you and I and people in our age range lived through that, have this unique space that our parents didn't have uh-huh. where they spent their formative years without all this and in their adulthood they've had to learn what it is and be like it's bad <laughs> versus people who are younger than us who have only ever known that kind of full access to internet and videos and things yeah and maybe view it significantly more positively. And I think um, we live in this weird space of where we can see both the positives and negatives of both spaces um, through experience, not through research. (laughs) Like We, and again, this is a, this is a daring phrase to say out loud, given the, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not being funny, but I'm also not being, trying not to be too doom and gloom. Given the four or five global crises that we are consistently on the door door frame of, doorstep of, this is a daring, um, statement to make but if things can continue somewhat reasonably which is an open question as i said and i understand that but we live in a a time period where there will never be an innovation gap again for almost all of recorded history innovation went like like, like, and if you saw my hand, I'm going straight across the screen with a little bit of blips. And now in the last 20 or 30 years, innovation's gone like this. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes straight up all the time. Yeah. 
And it's never not going to do that again. But I think one of the interesting things is from a disability advocacy perspective, and really, frankly, uh, not to overgeneralize, but a human, humanist and human beings perspective is the innovation gap is so, or the innovation timeline is so rapid right now. And humans are constantly having to adapt to new things and the brain chemistry our brain chemistry is being asked to respond to new things constantly that I wonder what that does to an 11 year old mm-hmm. who never really gets a chance to settle before they encounter something new Mm. Uh, just from a, a brain neuroplasticity like perspective, that must be a wild trip. And yeah, I can yeah. I can watch it happen because I have a three year old who is as or more comfortable on YouTube than I ever will be. Mm-hmm. But I'll never have the experience of. How do I say that? I'll never be able to not know what it was like before the innovation rocket just exploded and went to the sun and constantly. So, yeah, it died. <laughs> Realized that that leaves the show on a really open-ended kind of huh question, but it that, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, and the same with all innovation, it both propels us forward in a positive way while sometimes in a, there's always drawbacks to every innovation, no matter how good it is. Yeah, and I, I heard a historian and social like topographer say one time, Every every innovation worth anything has two sides. It can either save us mm. or destroy us. And that really is, I mean, I that's that's attention, but it's also really uh really fascinating. Yeah. One innovation I'm excited about, Justin, is your chair, your electric chair. I don't know what the drawback is to your chair. Except that it's expensive. Yeah. And I think that is no fooling why I advocate for um, as many programs as possible that can get as many electric chairs, people that need them as possible, because this thing is an innovation and has literally uh, transformed my life since I was 12 years old. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that will be Justin's first TikTok. <laughs> I will just take this clip and throw it on his TikTok. You, you're taking the bull by the... Uh, Rebecca's now going to come on as my social media consultant and mm-hmm. content czar. Yeah, next, next week we'll just list off innovations and we'll give the pros and cons. The wheel! <laughs> 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 Fire pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
the spoon. <laughs> it will be a very long episode, but I promise you, we will leave no stone unturned. The stone. The stone. <laughs> All right, before we get way too out of hand, which I think we may already be there. Rebecca, where can folks find us? Uh, you can find us uh, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts. Um, you can also find us if you peek under a stone and you'll hear the latest TikTok trend, which is Elmo. Apparently, Justin's really missing out on the <laughs> Elmo uh, trend that's really happening. And you'll faintly hear uh, Elmo say, balsamic vinegar. That's a big word for Elmo. Uh, and then it will begin to play our podcast, but Elmo will be narrating the whole time. Yeah, your, your timelines lately never, ever, never disappoint me, Rebecca. <laughs> so thank you. And as always, folks, we thank you for listening to the show. We um, uh, thank you for letting us be around for what is coming up on an actual year of recording uh crazy time for us but maybe a little a little bit more as far as the calendar goes but it's been a pleasure and uh hopefully we'll continue to be and go out put some good into the world and um just try to have a good beginning of let's my Let's make 2022 not a dumpster fire, folks. <laughs> and on those happy words, we'll talk to you next time, folks. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.